electricity. All of a sudden, Eric from the other side, I spent years with Portland Gas and Electric. And I said, how do we fix this? He's like, well, there's a box up there on the wall, 12 feet high. We should go in there and see if a breaker, you know, tripped. I said, sounds good. I said, how are we going to get up there? And Eric's like, have you ever seen Cirque de Soleil? And I'm like, sure. So Eric's like, I'm going to start over here. I'm going to cartwheel, cartwheel, back handspring, back handspring into my hands. I'm going to lift him up and then he's going to fix it. Well, you can imagine how that turned out probably wasn't the best thing. And maybe that was a little bit of an embellishment. As you can see by the size of Eric, I think I would have been on the losing side of that. But anyways, let's get serious and let's bring Eric. Did I lose you guys? Are you guys all right? Did, did the point of clarification, it's, I work for Portland General Electric. Ah, to be sure. That's, okay. that's my, those are my people. So you better get that one right in your story the next time. Portland General Electric. Hey now, shout out. Right. Good morning, Eric. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I Jim stole my. I was going to say the exact same intro, so oh. <laughs> never ever in my Let life. Let it ride, Eric. Uh, thanks for joining. For those that don't know, Eric, Eric Christensen, uh, and man, this next part's going to get me. Jim coached me I'm through. Gonna help you. I'm going to help you. Director of program curriculum. I nailed it. And yep. analytics, which is sounds right up my alley, man. Like I feel like we're nerd brothers. I'm an energy nerd. Amen. Without a doubt. I, even my personal Google news feed is full of energy stuff. So even when I'm done working, I'm still You're still a nerd. Clicking around, nerding Same. it out. Same, man. I love I love digging into data. I love seeing that kind of stuff. So anyone that has analytics in their title, I'm a friend of a uh, welcome to the show originally and uh finance and internet marketing so yeah shout out I to the marketers out there. Going probably right where the energy industry is today as it comes to <laughs> use data awesome jimmy what do we got I'm today ready. I am ready. I, you know, uh, we've been associated with WEI for years and Eric being serious. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Uh, and big shout out to all the team at WEI. We, you know, uh, you, you guys do a great thing and um, a lot of good for the industries. I'll say that. And we'll get to that in a few minutes, but let's uh, take it at a high level 30,000 foot. We're in 2021 and uh Lots going on. A lot of people are at the starting blocks, ready to get going, you know, out the gate. What does uh, WEI have in store for 2021? What are some of the thought processes? Are you guys ready to go live, virtual? Are we going to do a little bit of both? Bring us up to speed, my friend. We've been doing virtual events since April of last year. Uh, we did it first yep. before anybody else. I mean, we, we, we made the decision to shut down first before anybody else. I think it was the first week of March, we made our announcement to all of our members that everything we were doing is gonna be indefinitely postponed. Um, and I think that hints at the answer to when we're gonna come out of this, which is we're entirely driven by the safety of our members. Uh, I mean, yep. as an energy trade association, we share the same values as our members when it comes to safety and our decision to shut down literally like the first week of March, we had our customer and corporate symposium. 
It's the largest, second, second largest event of the year. The largest sort of corporate services and customer event we do scheduled for March 9th, 2020. We pulled the plug on that on February 27th, I think, 26th, essentially eight days before and told everyone we're not going to have this. We're not going to put your safety at risk. So you know, how do we come back? We won't until we know people are safe. Yeah. And we know that that's the only way our utility members would, would do it. Um, they're not going to put their people at risk to go to one of our events when they're not going to put their people at risk, you know, climbing a pole or digging a trench. So what we've done in the past year is essentially provided the same sort of hub that we do where we bring people together in a virtual space. Um, I think we've done it better than most. Is it perfect? No. I mean, our president just sent a, a, a picture yesterday of when we were visiting the, the shuttle Endeavor in Los Angeles for one of our merging leaders program. Can you do that in the, your home? No, you know, you can't watch a video about how the space shuttle went through downtown LA and how the electric company had to take down poles because this thing is huge. Yeah. You know, for people that did it online, it's just not the same experience as when you're standing in front of the space shuttle. Uh, but we, you know, we're looking at some opening maybe by the end of the summer. Um, we'll probably start with smaller groups, uh, but it'll be, it'll be entirely predicated on the safety of our members. Eric, and, Eric, and we're not going to get in front of that. In the pre-show, we talked about it a little bit, but um, I think one of the coolest byproducts that a lot of people didn't really consider, you know, when, when you know, we headed down this path a year ago is how many people that traditionally were not able to travel out yeah. um, to, to shows. And, and here's, here's the thing that's, I think, maybe a misconception in our industry a little bit is that these shows are just about vendors and exhibit halls and stuff like that. The, the mass majority of what you do, and I can speak on this, I know Jim can, and Eric, you see it from a different side. A big part of this is education. I mean, Absolutely. a big part of it is training that, that some people don't simply don't get throughout the year. And there's yep. sessions about the new regs coming and mm -hmm. you know initiatives and things like that. And so the education side is a gigantic part. And so what this has allowed us to see is there's a huge audience out there for so many people that simply don't have the budget to come out. You know, Absolutely. they just aren't able to do it. And we do want, what have y'all seen on the WEI side? I know you have an event coming up, you know, pretty soon. Um, how, how's that looking for you guys? So I a hundred percent agree. We've got a member in Edmonton that would always send three or four people to the operations conference. In fact, they chaired a person from that organization was the chair of our operations conference. So they're very active and engaged member. Uh, I think they're sending 50 plus people. Yeah. And, and their vice president told me in truth, it's the same about sending three or four. They, they budgeted for employee education and they were able to share it. And I think that's a good thing. And it, it's something that will be difficult, yeah. but critical going forward because nobody has done, first of all, nobody's done what we are doing now, right? We've, we haven't lived through a pandemic. Well, no one's come out of that. Yeah. And, and how that's gonna change because when I think of inclusivity, yeah. financial inclusivity is important too. And, and not all departments, not all people, 
you know, have the money, just like not all homes have money to do the things that they want to do. And so if we can maintain that access to those breakout sessions, like you talked about, um, we have 15 different tracks that have 10 to 20 people on the leadership team that have been working together since August for their content to be delivered in April. Well, we should have as many eyeballs as we can for that. Right. And, and, and as you said, probably 90% of what we do doesn't have a, a trade show aspect to it. Right. The operations conference, the trade show aspect adds to the conference. You know, it's not, it's not a trade show. It's 60 vendor tables and 750 people. And you know, that's not a trade show, you know, 16 different breakout rooms with 16 different audiences. And, you know, it, it's not a trade show, um, which I think our model has actually worked in the virtual sphere because the trade shows in addition to the experience. Yep. Awesome. And I think Jim, you know that from going to the ops conference, it's yeah. one of those few trade shows where or trade shows conferences okay. where the vendors actually register and go to the sessions. Yes, right? absolutely. And that's there's great. A lot of things you're just like, man, I just, I'm going to work this table, get some rest. Um, but I, you know, our vendors go on the tours. Yeah. On tour, yeah. You know? That's how and, we and live. I miss that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. go visit the yards or, or go visit a, a, a biogas plant or these other things. And I think, I think people look forward to our conference and I think everyone's looking forward to 2022. Yeah. Um, I think Jim, you were, were you the person that said, when you say Los Angeles, you mean Los Angeles. Is that your quote? Someone said, when you say you go to LA, you actually go to LA. Like you're not at a, a like a, like an airport hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Said, yeah. Yeah. We're a block from SoCal gas. We're three blocks from, you know, LA yeah. live. Like, I think we all want to get back to that, but we're not going to do it until it's safe. But do you want me to show you where we're at with the ops conference? I mean, yeah, this that'd is be awesome. Yeah. We talk about inclusivity. Um, oh, fly. Look at whoa, that. whoa. Oh. Are we, are we, this whoa. is like inception. Hold on. Yeah. So that's, a, no. that's, that's this year's there sort of registration path in black versus previous years. You can see what happened in 2020. Wow. Um, we, we, we lost, what, 200 sure. plus people in two weeks? Yeah. Three weeks. Um, spiked back up again, as some folks said, you know what, uh, we want to be involved. It's only it's a small amount of money to send somebody or to virtually send somebody. So we, we bounced back a little bit, but I think we, our proof of concept was last year. And this year we're looking at nearly a thousand people. And that's exciting. That's awesome. That's incredible. I, I, I would, we budgeted like 500, you know, like as we did our own estimate, yeah. um, but, but I'm really excited. I, I don't know how we did it, quite frankly. There's well, so I, I, I think we're evolving, you know, as yeah. an industry, as a country, as everything, we're evolving into this, this wherever we're going. So that's no, exciting. It hurt that Probably. 50 people came from one company. <laughs> hey, we'll yeah. take it. There's no, no pictures on the scorecard, right? Uh, Eric, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, energy, let's talk energy and natural gas and, and you know, the relationship both of them have together. I know you serve both parties as, a, as, right. as an association. Uh, tell us a little bit about that codependency, what, what the view of the association is, that's all. So from the view of the association, it's the Western Energy Institute. Yeah. And 
it was probably about four or five years ago that gas companies started to be worried about what electric companies were doing and electric companies started being worried about what gas companies were doing. This yep. was during my career at WI, not my career at PGE. We, we really didn't think about Northwest Natural, except that, right. well, they want to do their gas heating. We kind of want to do heat pumps. And there was sort of this really micro competition because who cares, right? It's not a big load. It's, it's customer growth, but it's not, it's not a big load. And, you know, we started seeing the, the gas companies first, but then the electric companies second kind of get together and wonder about, you know, how's this going to look as, 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 as demand for different types of energy changes. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not, we're not a policy based organization. We're about sharing best practices and connecting with people where gas, electric, U.S., Canada, publicly owned, privately owned. I mean, if you're in the energy business, we've got a, a, an energy member from Nova Scotia now. You know, we, we're not going to tell someone you yeah. can't be part of us. So I'm not taking one side or the other on the, you know, what works. But from a, from a technical standpoint, I think what's missed in policymakers and regulators, and quite frankly, from gas companies and electric companies, is the absolute codependence of the two. Um, we would not have a renewable surge if gas prices were $15 and not two or three, two or $3. To, to, to not, I mean, it, to me, no one talks about this, but the whole renewable infrastructure with the flexibility that's needed to back it up wouldn't exist if we had 2005 prices. All the policy goals of the renewable, of the green energy, would not have happened without natural gas and its flexibility. And, and nobody talks about this, but it is absolutely true because customers wouldn't have been willing to pay what it would have cost without cheap natural gas to begin to blend renewable energy into our electric system. And, 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 I, and, and nobody says that. The other thing that I think is ignored and the only person that I've ever seen talk about this, the one person I've ever seen talk about this was Dennis Vermillion from Avista. And when he came down, he was the chair for the Western Energy Institute as, as an organization, not just a conference, but all of our member organizations. He was a chair for a year. And he brought out a picture of greenhouse gas contributions by everything, right? Sure. Transportation, agriculture, all these. And this little sliver like this is residential use of natural gas. You know, and, and, and I just feel like that's okay. Like there are other sources of greenhouse gas. And I'm a greenie. I'm from Portland, Oregon. You know, we got sure. a garden. My wife won't let me use Roundup. You know, we have, we have a hybrid Highlander. I mean, my mom has a Prius. Yeah. You know, I yell at the kids for, oh my God, it's 78 degrees in here. Right. For that reason, right now. Yeah. You just fixed you know, it. You can see it in the reflection. Yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely a greenie, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to ignore my pragmatism. Yeah. You're also a realist. Say that we right? need the flexible use that gas causes. I mean, we've got folks that want us to burn gas to create electricity, to send electricity to heat baseboard heating. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard a worse idea than that? Yeah. Like, yeah. The worst, most inefficient heating source in your house, most costly powered by electricity that's burned by natural gas <laughs> to create heat to make steam, to spin a turbine, to put on a wire that you got to put in to get to your house to stick out heat. If we have an existing gas distribution system, there's less carbon if I just burn it right here. Yeah. 
But and I, I get frustrated with this because I say plant more trees, more, you know, green roofs, you know, stop deforestation. You'll figure out other issues. But this micro target or this super target on like the natural gas distribution system, to me, it just seems like it, it's like it's like changing the names of high schools while kids aren't going. Right. You know, you got kids sit at home and they're worried about what the name of the high school is. Well, no one's there. You know, quit. <laughs> I appreciate the effort and the, and the reasons why, but the reason for the school is for the kids, you know, like let's, let's work on that. And then we'll work on the naming of the high school and the business cards and the stationery and the wall pictures. And like, but if there's no one there at the school, it's kind of like the gas electric thing. Like let's focus on the big problems. And, and, well, and, yep. and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, Eric, that was passion. a tangent. But well, that was a just went that was on one. Some passion coming through in that man right there. I, believe, I, I care about the environment, Jim. I I, truly, I know you do. No, I know I you do. Honest. And, and so you can't, please. you know, I mean, yeah, you just can't make stuff up and pretend it's real. Well, two two things. One, I I think you really hit on a good point is that education and for people to understand and really to be educated and not pseudo educated, but educated as to what it happens. And I'll tell you, I, I, you know, me from Minnesota, 20 plus years in Minnesota, if I had to have electric baseboard heated in Minnesota versus a natural gas furnace, I probably would have, I, I probably could not have afforded it. I mean, you know, and we're talking yeah. Minnesota, right? And, and that's worse for the environment. Yeah, like it costs right. you more, costs your customer more, and it's worse for the environment. Well, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. why is? <laughs> yeah. and that and that brings up another point though too is that you know I get this a lot of times. I, I'm a natural gas guy. You know, I, I've lived it for twenty some years, and so I, I you know talk about Henry Hub and Houston mm -hmm. on pricing and trading and all that, and the people bring up electric market, and I'm not an electric guy. You know. Um, and they say, you know, you know, my rates here are, you know, we run the air conditioner all the time and our bill was blank. And well, we run it like two hours a day because our bill is $500 a month. You know, what, can you give us a quick synopsis or a understanding of electric rates and some of the things that you've seen or you teach to the members to help understand that? Because I think it's a big topic these days. So I, I can give you my perspective on how electric rates are changing. Um, the, the way they are today is pretty much how they've been for most places, with the exception of maybe Alberta and Hawaii and a little bit of a little bit of BC. Um, electric rates have always been based on how much stuff you own as an organization. I'll just draw what the hell. I always do this, but so if this is your company's assets, right? Yep. Right. So this is just all the steel in the ground you have. This works for gas too. If, if you may, if you build more things, right, you make more money, all right? You, you put assets in the ground, you get a return on those assets. Um, the commission's not probably gonna let your return rate go up. That's been ever declining. So you just make your assets go up and that's been the model. Okay. Um, the, the problem is for utilities is they don't need all the power plants they used to need, all the big assets they used to build every three or four years to keep the asset up, right? That, that's gone, right? 
the utility assets are basically being put into the distribution system now. And there's probably a finite amount of money you can stick there. Like there's only so much you can do when you're not building $300 million power plants. We rolled out an AMI system. It's a massive three-year project. It was about $120 million. One power plant's 300 million. So your your full distribution-wide new meter replacement, new technology, plus your warehouse and all these other things is a third of the asset of the power plant. So what's, what's happening is, as people sell power back into the grid through whatever, you see like the utility rate base or assets go down. So they make less money. And what's happening is everyone is beginning to drink, is gonna be drinking PBR. So you may know it as Paps Blue Ribbon, but what's gonna happen over time is instead of being just asset driven, it's gonna be performance-based rate making. And, and, and that's gonna be one thing where, look, we're gonna tell the utility you can collect $2 billion from customers and you charge them this rate. And next year we're gonna inflate that by 2%. The next year it's gonna be 2%. The next year it's gonna be 2%. And we're gonna have five years of sort of simple rate making. And that's gonna, it's already, it's been in Alberta for over 10 years. Hawaii just rolled it out. Everyone's looking at it. And the concept is, look, let's, let's, let's decouple, to use an industry term, let's decouple our asset base, our rate base, from the money we make. Let's not force us to build more assets when sometimes the right choice is an O&M contract or lease or working with a contractor or these other sort of things that other businesses do, but utilities... They want assets. So their, their decision-making is driven by the rate-making model. It's not wrong because there's still a prudency review. You can't spend your money on anything. Uh, but I think, I, think, I think we're gonna be pushing towards performance-based rates over the next decade. The other thing that will happen and is happening on the electric side is the way customers are billed. So it's not just, so this is the how the big company makes money. But I think, Jim, your point about you're a gas guy and thinking of the electric guy. We need to think of the minds of our customers who are not electric people or gas women or electric men. Yep. They're just customers. Yep. You know, and they're not going to know things that even our own employees don't know. That's why we yeah. do coursework. Right. And sometimes the electric and gas folks are very smart. I mean, engineers, statisticians, designers, builders, construction workers field workers it's a technical field but sometimes they forget that most people don't care right yeah. like goes on like goes off is, is about mo what most people's understanding of businesses so sure. the second piece of the rate making is how it's built what i see happening and already happening is a higher base fixed charge um you know when when we first had cell phones it was by the by the text right yeah yeah you get 10 cents a text or you know, a dollar, 20 minutes. I mean, you remember these days of like, okay, who's got the best price on texts, right? Yeah. Um, Unlimited text, you know. It no, seems like a pipe no dream, but you have basic or fixed charge or base charge or standard fee. I mean, you know, every place calls it something different, uh, but we've seen as high as $32 in, in some places for basic, just you want to connect to the wire. Yep. We're charging you 30 bucks a month. Um. 
And in, and for a long time, that's been zero or five or $10. Raising it to $10 is a stink in any jurisdiction. Well, what happens is you're collecting all your money by selling energy. And what about the house that has a battery in the basement and solar on the roof and maybe a small little wind turbine because those are coming. Distributed wind turbines are on their way. They look crazy. I, I won't bring up the video because I, I don't want to keep it PG-13, but there's literally a thing you can look up called a sky braider. <laughs> and it wiggles in the sun, <laughs> wiggles in the wind, and it makes yeah, electricity. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, these things are coming. So what does the utility do? Well, they, they stick the wire to your house when your, your sky isn't vibrating it's, and the sun isn't blowing and your, right. your yeah. battery is out. They're going to have to it's, charge. It's more of a, a Netflix model, right? I mean... I've got, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to subscribe to what I need. Well, and the difficulty thing will be we've used rate design by charging by the kilowatt hour or I guess by the, the, the decatherm. I mean, building in gas is crazy. Yeah. You measure by volume, but you bill by energy. Try, try explaining that to a customer. Yeah. Right? You don't have but a big enough whiteboard. All the costs in the usage of the product or service, it's naturally an energy efficiency campaign, right? Yeah. If you take the cost of texting out, well, how much texting do you do, right? If you take the cost of watching a movie on Netflix out and you just pay a base fee, how much Netflix do you watch? Right. If you had to pay for each one, even if it were 20 cents, which is a nominal fee. You might say, I don't know if I want to watch that show. I don't want to spend 20 cents on that, but that's what you're spending on on average. And so that'll be the struggle is we're going to need to move to fixed charge. And maybe we put a penalty in this is, Hey, you use over this amount, your fixed charge doubles. You know, you got to have some sort of creative way to say, you still need to conserve energy, even though we're not paying you for it. And, and it may exist on the demand charge level. That's yeah. why Jim, this is why we have, a director of analytics <laughs> program curriculum <laughs> don't get it twisted yeah. teach this i just stuff. didn't want to say curriculum again Here, here's some names for you. you guys remember dave williams from northwest natural yeah vice president how about vaughn shosted from dominion energy yeah or, or Questar previously and joyce oh. wagner from fortis bc <laughs> these are our instructors yeah. for our courses for our gas club so i get to learn from them on the gas so club. awesome so all, awesome. all three of them i mean two are vice presidents one was a senior director of communications uh, and they're just doing it because they love it so i don't get all the credit for what i've learned about the it gas sounds club. like some some guests we need to have jimmy yeah absolutely eric is, go ahead yeah, yeah i was gonna say I, eric i think we're going to wrap this thing up but we have one question we ask almost everybody but well, you've you've passed the test, so we'll ask you to. What, um, Eric? Yeah. What um, if you don't mind? Do you love what you do? Depends. <laughs> Today. All right. No, I'm too busy. <laughs> We've done. We did ten of the, these classes. Take two days. I did ten from the end of January to the end of February. Literally, if you saw my screen, there were like four days I wasn't teaching. That's too much. And if it's if it's twice a week, I love it. If it's twenty out of twenty-two days, 
I, I and I got to run the operations conference. It's a little struggle. Got to be well, I, at this moment. Yes, that is just feeling. Yes. But do I love what I do overall? Absolutely. There's no doubt a lifetime of learning in the energy business. And it, there is. And mm. We're always learning. We're always getting better. Our course that we teach. Again, I'm not an expert in every area. We tell people it's 160 years long and you know, two inches deep, right? We're gonna go all the way back to Faraday and all the way through the next IRP, right? And any page on that is a career. Yeah. Like if you just open the book and just like dropped it and see what page opened, there's someone who spent their entire life on that, their whole life on that page, whether it's, yeah. yep. you know, I mean, it's just, you just pick, pick, pick and pick apart. And, We've, we've so many things in the energy business, policy, finance, HR. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, IT, cybersecurity. I mean, who was it? I don't know who it was. It was, I don't know who I was talking to. It was about the, 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 the out, you know, the, the issue with the, you know, COVID-19 and everything shut down, right? It, it, think back to March, we're beginning to open up as more people get vaccinated, which is great. You know, I, which is great. You know, we went to a hotel, for a staycation for a day, whatever. Um, but through it all, the lights stayed on and the gas kept flowing. Yeah, you know, cool. it, it takes a lot. To it takes knock. a village. It, it takes a one in a hundred year storm or a three day ice storm. And guess what? As much as people can complain, we're back up. In yep. Three days. yep. You know, everything crashes, they shut down building it for a year and a half. Yeah. You know, the power goes out. We got people out there working on it. The gas goes out. You got people blocking it off and getting the pipe. 24, 365. It, it is, it is an incredible industry to work in. And if you don't, see that and are in awe, then you really aren't seeing it. Amen. Eric, on behalf of James and I, we want to thank you so much. I I think we could probably keep going and going. going. (laughs) Longest episode ever. Part three will be next week. No, I'm just kidding. Audience, please follow Eric, follow WEI, get involved, um, um, learn something, become educated, do all those good things. Eric, again, thank you so much on behalf of James and I. Until next week on Coffee with Jim and James, everybody, please stay safe and have a great day. Take care. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks, oh, Eric. Always, brother. Always. Bye-bye, everyone.